No, you understand that tomorrow is Christmas Eve. And at night we'll have a Christmas Eve party. And then the next day is Christmas, right? Yeah. Can, can I eat a Christmas Eve party and um, tomorrow's Christmas Day? Tomorrow's not Christmas Day. The, yeah. next, the next day is Christmas Day. No, today is tomorrow's Christmas Day. No, Benny. Yeah, it is. Just like we've been talking about. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve. No, it's not. And then the next day is Christmas. No. The next No, Benny. Christmas Day is the day after tomorrow. No. Christmas Eve is at night. That's right. Christmas Eve is tomorrow night. We'll see our family and we'll have a party. And then Santa will come at night. And then the next day is Christmas. No. Why no? Because... Christmas Eve comes first. No. It's Christmas Eve tomorrow, and then Christmas the next day. <laughs> waiting is hard, isn't it? Who loves waiting? Raise your hand. Woo! I love waiting. Nobody loves waiting. Isaac dislikes it, but so many people just hate waiting, especially during Christmas time. This is a real present. Under our real Christmas tree, and every day we put up the Christmas tree December 1st because we don't put it up before Thanksgiving like a psychopath. No, no, no. December 1st, and then the kids got to put up the lights and the ornaments. And oh, Rachel wrapped up some presents so they wouldn't find them, I guess. And she put them under the Christmas tree. And do you know what? Every day since then, all day long, the kids take breaks from whatever they're doing and they go over and they rustle around in the Christmas presents and they're trying to peek and look and poke and and I just can't wait for it to be open. Mommy, Daddy, 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 can I open it today? Can I open No, Christmas. Is that tomorrow? No, 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 no. No! Like the kid in the video. I'm like, it's 24 more days, dude. Buckle up. And they're like, no, I just want to see what's in it now. And they can't wait. And waiting is so hard. Waiting's hard, isn't it? Especially when we're waiting on God. Anybody ever wait on God? To do something, to move, to act, to speak to you. Waiting on God to heal, to restore your marriage to get you a new job so you can uh, have better benefits to help your family, waiting on God to help your finances or deal with a sickness, waiting on God to help you in a certain situation, maybe to bring you a spouse, maybe to <coughs> help you with something, whatever you're going through. Anybody ever wait on God? That's really, really, really hard as we wait on God. And sometimes... Sometimes it's like the more you pray, the less you see. That's how you feel. And we get to thinking, where are you, God? Are, are you even listening? Are you even hearing me? Are you even there? Do you even care about my situation? Because sometimes it seems like he doesn't. God is not 
in our mind, <coughs> moving fast enough. He's not speaking fast enough. He's not acting fast enough. And we're just waiting and waiting and waiting and wondering and begging and praying for years and years and years. We wait on God. Now we're good Christians, right? And we believe that God can do it. We trust in Him. We, we trust in Him. We have faith that He can do it. But why won't you, God? Why don't you heal this person I love? Why don't you help me with this job? Why don't you help heal my marriage? Why don't you help me in these finances? God, where are you? Sometimes God takes so long that we wonder if He's really even there at all. We can sometimes doubt. So what do you do when you're waiting? What do you do in your times of waiting? If you ever felt like we just described, if you ever felt lack of peace, maybe lack of joy, a little bit of lack of hope, because you've been waiting for these things to be fulfilled that are not being fulfilled, then you feel exactly like a lot of people throughout history and a lot of people throughout the Bible have felt as well. We're celebrating the birth of Jesus, right? All month long. 4,000 years before Jesus was born. Do you know what God did? Genesis chapter 3. Now, I'm not going to do a full recap. We spent a year in Genesis, but Genesis chapter 3, God promised the Messiah. He said, he's going to come one day and crush the head of the serpent, our spiritual enemy. And Jesus is going to conquer Satan's sin and death and bring about this new abundant life, eternal life to come. God promised it. And 4,000 years went by. Where are you, God? What are you doing? I don't see you. I don't see this Messiah you've been promising. And then sometimes in our life, God goes silent. They call it the intertestamental period, I think. Intertestamental, that sounds right. We'll go with that. Between the Old Testament... And the New Testament, God uh, speaking to people, writing down God's words throughout thousands of years, Old Testament or Original Testament. And before Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and those guys, they penned the New Testament, there was about 400 years of silence. No new revelation. It doesn't seem like God was speaking all these promises of Messiah for thousands and thousands of years. And God goes dark. So it seems. You ever have experience where you feel like God's silent in your life? You feel like God goes dark. You feel like what you're praying for has not been happening. And they wait. And they wait. And they wait. God can do something. I know He can. I trust that He can. We believe that He can. But he hasn't. Not yet. There's no sign. And we ask ourselves, God, do you even care? Do you even hear me? Sometimes we ask, God, are you even real? Do you really care about... You say you care about my situation. You say you, say you care about my life right now, God. But, but I'm not sure. I don't have that full peace. I just don't know sometimes. Because it's hard. It's really, really hard. If you ever felt like that, you are absolutely not alone. A lot of people 
so many people for thousands and thousands and thousands of years since the beginning of time have had struggles and difficulty with waiting on God. But I want to tell you today, just because God feels silent, that does not mean that God is absent. I need you to know that. We're going to share a couple big ideas today, but but the main thought today as you're needing more peace in your life is just because God feels silent, that does not mean that God is absent. Hold on to that hope. Hold on to that, those promises from God in your life for the future. Just because you're going through difficulties right now, God is not absent. He is with you in it. We know Jesus, we're going to read this in a little bit in Matthew. It says, the angel declared, name him Jesus. He is Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us through Jesus through His Spirit. Even at times when you don't feel like He's there, He is with you. Always. Till the end of time. Even in your darkest, most difficult moments, God is with you. He's present. I like the, the Greek word for something. I forget what it is. <laughs> Parakaleo. It's the the comforter. I think it's a comforter. Parakaleo. It's this walking alongside you. It's this, um, it it means like God and Jesus, they've got their arm around your shoulder and they're walking alongside you through your difficulty. You are not alone. You have the comforter. You have the parakaleo walking with you in your difficulties. If you have your little bulletin insert, you can write this down. While we are waiting, God is working. Never forget that. God is not absent. He is there. And while we are waiting, God is working. His goodness, His power, His provision, His grace and love, they're working in all things, all the time, for our good and for our blessing, even when we don't feel like He's there. Our feelings can be very misleading sometimes, can't they? For a lot of different things. Just because we don't feel something doesn't mean it's not true. Don't trust your feelings all the time. Trust the Scriptures. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to read that that I just mentioned. Matthew chapter 1. We're talking about the birth of our Savior. Focusing on Jesus', uh, our Messiah's birth this month. I want to share with you um, the God who always keeps His promise to us. This is 4,000 years. Around 700 different prophecies God has made coming of this Messiah, coming of the Messiah, coming of the Messiah. This is what he's going to be like. This is what he's going to do. This is how he's going to change the world, change history and change all of eternity. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. God is finally fulfilling his promise. Matthew 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man, did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, 
For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is what they've been waiting for. This is the moment. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prophecies have been leading up to this moment in time, the birth of our Savior. Verse 22, and all this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophets. He's quoting Isaiah here. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus, after waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, God's people have this moment, prophecy fulfilled, here, now, a Savior born in Bethlehem. This is it. Now sometimes we wait for days, sometimes we wait for years, sometimes we wait for decades, that seem to turn into centuries, that's what God's people had. But God is faithful to keep His promise. And even though sometimes it feels like a long time, God's timing is perfect. And here we have the only begotten Son of God born. He didn't inherit the, the earthly, the sin nature of, uh, of His earthly Father. He was divinely conceived. And so He could be the perfect sacrifice, the, the innocent One, the Lamb of God who was slain to take away the sins of the world to forgive you and forgive me to die in our place so we could be free and have eternal life that starts now and goes on forever. That's Jesus who forgives us and who brings us back into right relationship with God. I love Christmas time. I love Easter. We've got to celebrate these things. Try to see Him new this year. We can get so used to, yeah, yeah, Jesus was born. Hoorah, baby in a manger. Okay, Jesus you know, died and rose Easter, yay, let's you know, take a family photo and you know, go do the egg hunt and open the presents. And Don't let the power of these moments become too normal, become too mundane, slip through your fingers. I encourage all of us to read Luke, read, read the book of Luke this month as you're waiting on Christmas. As you're waiting to open your presents, you can read a chapter a day, or at least a few days ago you could. You might need to speed it up a little bit now that it's a fifth. Read a chapter or two a day and with your family and see being revealed the Savior who was born and what He became. He didn't stay baby Jesus. He grew up. I don't know if you know that part. <laughs> he didn't stay baby Jesus. He grew up to die for the sins of mankind. I mean, this, <laughs> this changes everything. This baby changes everything. Caitlin knows that baby changes everything in her life. But Jesus truly changed everything for all eternity. Babies change a lot, don't they, Kate? You'll remember one day what sleep was. Oh, yeah, I remember I used to sleep. That was good. Those were good times. Like for more than two hours? <laughs> for more than two hours, yeah. Babies change everything. But Jesus changes all eternity. I like this... Um, Verse in Galatians, Paul writes, But when the time was right, when the right time came, another version says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that He could adopt us as His very own children. At just the right time. Sometimes we feel like God is slow. 
Sometimes we feel like he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. Like we prayed for. He's not doing it fast enough in our time. But at the perfect time, just the right time, just the right time, God gave us Jesus. This, this just the right time, this, this perfect time, it kind of carries with it the, this sense of when the time was fully pregnant. Now, we're, I'm not going to talk about Kate again. I messed with you enough the past few months. But when the time was fully pregnant. Now, uh, for someone who's watched his wife give birth four times and caught the last two of them without the midwife or doctor there, which was exciting. Uh, I've got to see this firsthand. When the baby does not want to come, you can't force it. And when the baby is ready to come, you can't stop it. The baby is coming at just when the time is right. And in God's timing, you can't make it happen. But when God's ready, and in His timing, He wills it, you can't stop it. You cannot stop the will of God from happening, which the Romans found out, which the Pharisees found out, which all these people found out. You cannot stop the will of God from happening when the time is right. Now, we can look back in hindsight, and this is kind of neat to look back. And you say, what does it mean, the the perfect time? What do you mean that the time was right? I I want to share just a couple of thoughts. There's a fair amount more, but here's just a couple of main ones of why the timing was right about 2,000 years ago. Okay? We have the Romans. And you've probably seen a lot of movies with the Romans. Uh, before the Romans was the Greeks. You all remember Alexander the Great? I mean, you probably weren't there, but you've heard about Alexander the Great. And Alexander the Great, he went around conquering a lot of different countries, conquering essentially the, the whole known world at that time. And what that did was it, it spread the language of Greek, it was Greek to everybody, it was Greek to me, it was Greek to them, Uh, they got to speak, everybody learned to speak a little Greek. Common language. They're really, really important for the perfect, the right timing. Okay, So that the message of Jesus, these scriptures that were translated into Greek, could go forth and be read and understood by many, many, many more people and about the good news of coming Jesus. Also in 63 BC, we have the Romans conquering the Greeks. And after they conquered the Greeks, they had like a, you know, they're used to fighting, 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 fighting. They had a, a sort of an unprecedented time of peace. Now, they, there were still fights and things, but they had time to build roads. And they had time to build highways. And so the transportation systems that the Romans built at just the right time allowed people to cross around this world better, faster, more efficient. It it revolutionized transportation more than ever before. Y'all remember before Highway 75 was built? (laughs) I don't. I don't. But Tink does. Yeah. And you drove on 25A with about how many thousands of stoplights, right? Stopped in Vandalia for years, I-75 did. Oh, it stopped there, and then they finally finished, okay. Yep. The point from Vandalia down to downtown Dayton was called Blood Alley. Oh, gosh. That's gruesome. <laughs> because of all the cross streets and the intersections. Wow. All the accidents. Yeah. It was the most accident-prone place in Ohio. Okay. 75 is still accident prone. And there were traffic lights on 75. Oh, yes. 
All right. But this highway system, hopefully no more Blood Alley. Goodness gracious, that's awful. This highway system revolutionized the United States. I mean, what, get your kicks on Route 66, right? You got to go through all these little towns out to California, and you can still drive that if you want a nice slow go. But you can get there a lot faster now. I mean, the signs say 70, but we drive more than 70, I think. You know, it gets there a lot faster. The Roman roads revolutionized everything. Changed the game. So now we have not only a common language at just the right time, just the perfect time, but also a way to transport this message of Jesus, like Paul's missionary journeys, if you've ever seen all those missionaries, farther, faster, better than ever before at just the right time. God gave us this gift of his son Jesus, common language, this incredible road transportation system. And then these Jews back then, they had the, the dispersion. They were forced out and they were kind of scattered around. And so being scattered, they were able to better uh, share this hope with a lot more Gentiles around them. They were out there, not just a concentrated portion of Jewish people in, in Jerusalem, but they were out there in the world. And so the message of Jesus, the scriptures could now be understood by many more, be transported by many more to the Gentiles and beyond. And there's other reasons as you look through um, this, the, the events for this perfect timing, just the right timing and history at this moment that this message of Jesus, that the Savior was born, God said, right there, I'm going to do it. So that he could have the essential gl global impact, the, uh, the spreading of this news more than ever before. By far, um, reaching many, many, m much more of the world than ever could be conceived possible before those things happen. And in hindsight, it's easy to see the why behind the wait. And now we go, oh, okay, I see. I see God waited. He, you know, for, for the roads and for the, the common language and for these Jews to be dispersed. And, and other reasons, God waited. And we see the why behind the weight. And as we go through our lives, sometimes maybe you can look in your hindsight. And at the moment you say, I want this. I need this. God, I pray for this. And you look back years later and you go, I am so glad God, God did not give me that. Because I, I had something better or, or I needed something different. And we can see as we, in hindsight, the why behind the weight. But just know that God's timing is always perfect. Even when you feel, when you feel like, right now, God, don't you care? Don't you listen? Aren't you there? Why don't you answer my prayer? Why aren't you hearing me? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you healing this person? Why aren't you giving me this job? Why aren't you healing my marriage? I need you right now. Right now, God. God's timing is always perfect. And our God is always working behind the scenes, even when we feel like He's being silent. God is working while we're waiting. I know that's hard to be patient. Don't ever pray for patience because God will <laughs> God'll help you be patient in ways that you don't want. But God is working. God is working. God is working while you feel like He's silent. And those times when you and I 
are waiting. And I don't know what you've been waiting for, but I just want to say don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. Keep trusting Him. No matter how hard it is, no matter what you're going through, God always keeps His promises. And one day, you know, all these hundreds and hundreds of prophecies have been fulfilled in Jesus already in His birth, but one day the rest of the prophecies will be fulfilled as, as Jesus comes back. He returns and sets up His kingdom on the earth, and then we'll get to see the rest. We'll experience, we will live. How cool would it be to live at the time of Jesus? To be a shepherd going to see Him. Or, or to even be Mary, sitting there holding a baby in your arms, knowing that this is going to be the Messiah, the Savior of the world. How incredible it would be to be living prophecy right now from all the years of waiting for that prophecy to be fulfilled. Someday we will be in God's eternal kingdom. And those prophecies will be fulfilled, 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 fulfilled. Cha-ching, take it to the bank. God Whatever he says is going to happen, he does. We can always trust in his promises, even when God's timing is not our own. And I'm telling you, most of the time, God's timing is not our own. (laughs) Because we are impatient human beings, and we want what we want right now, especially in America, where we can go down the street and we can get 50 different restaurants and go through the drive-thru, and we we want it so fast, and we can't stand away. And if there's a car in front of us that's going 45 and a 55 like it was last night on our way back home from a live nativity in Stillwater, I'm like, got to pass. Rachel's like, Dan, chill out. It's okay. We're going to get there. And I said, he's going 45 and a 55. That's his fault. I got to get around him. And she's like, I'd rather make it home than, than try to pass a dude on a curve. Okay, okay, okay. Dan, chill out. Now you go into the grocery store and whatever lines and restaurants and stores and Kohl's and everything. And you're like, which line's the shortest? Which line's the shortest? He has 13 items and a 12-item checkout. Get out of here. I'm going to escort him out of the building. I need to get... Chill. Now, <laughs> I'm preaching to myself. Just wait. We are so impatient. We hate waiting. But while you're waiting for whatever that is in your life, never forget that God is working in the midst of your waiting and he's changing your heart and let him change your perspective. Don't just be angry at him, but let him change you. Last thought. You can write this down. God's delays aren't necessarily God's denials. God's waiting while we're, God's working while we're waiting. And God's delays are not necessarily God's denials, right? We know that when we pray, God says, doesn't always answer with Yes. But he answers with sometimes no or sometimes later. God answers our prayer, just not always the way we want him to do it. Sometimes he says no because that's not the best for us. Sometimes he says later. Sometimes he says wait. But God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. Turn with me to Isaiah 64. Last passage we'll turn to today. Lots of prophecy uh, in Isaiah. About 700 years this was written. 700 years before Jesus. And you can read this book. It's a good book. Wow, the detailed prophecy that Isaiah writes concerning the birth and life and and death of Jesus is just stunning. Absolutely incredible the way God orchestrated this whole thing. Isaiah 64, look at verse 4. 
You might write this verse down, keep it on your desk this week or your mirror. Isaiah 64, verse 4. For since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait on him. Hmm. God is working. God is working. God is working while we are waiting. No, I have seen a God like you who works for those who wait on Him. How are you at waiting? <laughs> God always acts on our behalf. Sometimes it's just not right now. But He loves you. Trust His timing. God's ways are good. He's always perfect. Trust in Him. He's not ignoring you. God hasn't forgotten you. God hasn't stopped caring about you. But sometimes we've got to wait for something better that He has. Because God cares so deeply about us, so tremendously, and He loves us more than we can ever express. And sometimes... Sometimes he knows that right now is not the best timing for certain things in our life. And sometimes in life, he doesn't always intervene. He could. We know he could. But sometimes he doesn't. And we have to trust him even in the difficulties, even in the waiting. But just because he hasn't done something yet, Carter, that doesn't mean he won't do it. Did you know that? Just because God doesn't, hasn't done something yet, that doesn't mean He won't do it at all. We just got to wait. You like waiting, Carter? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> Depends on what it is. Maybe a few days for Christmas, but not too long. Not too long, because we got to open that and see what's inside of it. But while we're waiting, while we're waiting on God, waiting for His miracle, waiting for His provision, maybe waiting uh, on a relationship in our life, while we're waiting, we've got to let God do a work in us. God does works for us, but sometimes he's, He wants to do a work in our hearts before He does something for us. He wants to do a work in us before He does a work for us. Peter writes these words, The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He isn't being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to Repent. He wants everyone to repent. He wants to do a work in our heart, not just be this magical Santa Claus, God, here's my list. I want you to give me these things. This is what I want. God's not a genie in a lamp where we just rub it and say, God, give me these three wishes. Boom, what do you need? Boom, what do you need? Poof, what do you need? Right? God's not just a vending machine where you put in the, the change and you boop, 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 pick the button and then God's think, you know, whatever we want just pops out. God doesn't work like that because He doesn't work on our time. And He doesn't just give us whatever we want whenever we want. God knows what's best for us. And God's timing is perfect. Maybe God's waiting on you to come to repentance for the first time. Or anybody listening to this afterward, watching this afterward, to come to repentance for the first time and your life to surrender your life to God. Maybe He's waiting for you to have that change of heart first. Maybe 
God's teaching you to depend on Him like you never have before. See, it's all in the perspective. Waiting is hard, but with the right attitude, we can grow our trust. We can grow our dependence. We can grow our understanding in Him like never before, perhaps. And our relationship with God can grow and flourish and bloom in our waiting more than it ever has before because we're clinging on to God and we're, we're clinging on to His promises and we're praying more urgently and more fervently than we ever have before. We're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. And we're, if we let it, our hearts can grow in Him. Maybe He's helping you to overcome a sin and conforming us to the image of Christ. Maybe what you're waiting for isn't ready yet. Or maybe you're not ready yet for it. Maybe your heart's not ready. God knows all these things. Whatever's going on, um, I just want to close with this. Don't waste the waiting. We have stuff in our life that's, that we're all waiting on. If you're a kid, it could be one of these. If you're an adult, it could be something smaller and more electronic than this. But whatever you're waiting on, don't waste the waiting. Learn to depend on God like never before. Get to know Him deeper in your life than you ever have before. Don't waste those moments of waiting. Draw close to Him. Draw near to Him. Learn to depend on Him more than you ever have before to to grow in relationship with Him. Psalm 62 says this, Let all that I am, maybe we can sort of pray this in your mind together, what the psalmist prayed. Let all that I am wait quietly before the Lord. You could just think that in your mind. Let all that I am wait quietly before the Lord, for my hope is in Him, Psalm 62 says. Let all that I am, let all that I am wait quietly for the Lord. We talked about quiet last week. Rachel gave us a sign and I'm going to butcher it. No, something. What does it mean? Peace? No. Become still. It's become quiet. Become quiet. Yeah. Rachel says, Dan, become quiet. That's her dream. <laughs> She's like, Dan, I just asked you a yes or no question. You don't have to give me a sermon, okay? <laughs> become quiet. We can, in our souls, like we talked about last week, have that peace. Become quiet. Become quiet. Psalm 62. Pray this prayer in your mind. Let all that I am wait quietly for the Lord, for my hope is in Him. My hope is in God. Is your hope in God today? Are you waiting quietly for God today? Are you shouting at Him? Where are you, God? Do you even care? Can you even hear me? Have you forgotten me? That's what, if you read the Psalms, sometimes they felt like that. Sometimes we feel like that too. You've got to learn to become quiet. Receive God's peace and hope and joy and love no matter your situation. That's the great thing about God's peace and hope and love and joy. It's not dependent on what's happening in your life right now. It's dependent on what God has already done and what He is doing. And the will of God cannot be stopped. It's like when that baby wants to come out. It cannot be stopped. Rachel said, Dan, quick, come here, the baby's coming. I won't reveal any more details than that. Call the midwife. Oh, there's a head. I see a head. <laughs> That's more than you wanted to know. The will of God 
cannot be stopped. No matter what our spiritual enemy or, or sin in the world, no matter what the Caesar or the king or whatever president now wants to do to stop the will of God, no matter if Hitler tries to burn all the Bibles in the world, the will of God cannot be stopped. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Isaac. Good to see you up here. Look at these young people in the front row. Take an example from them. You people in the back. Hallie. Oh, she's crying. Getting the hot dogs ready for lunch. I know. I'm sorry. We're going to sing one last song. And I'm going to stop teasing Hallie. And I won't throw any crowns at her. Although they think she meant crayons. I don't throw crowns. Especially I have a crown of thorns. That would really hurt. No crayons. Say, can you say crayon, Hallie? Say crayon. Crayon. Ra- Rachel says, Rachel says crayon. Hallie says crowns. It's a crayon. Is that an Ohio thing? Crowns? Does anybody say crowns? Raise your hand if you say crowns. It's Carter. Yeah, obviously. Keenan. Yeah, I get that. Raise your hand if you say crayons. Oh, come on. Support me, people. All right. We're going to sing our last song. Rachel says crayons. Raise your hand if you say crayons. You weirdos. It's one syllable, not two. Crayon. Who says crayon? Okay. We're going to sing our last song. And we're going to go to Jesus' birthday party. I invite you to come. But will you learn to wait quietly before God? To trust in His perfect timing, even when your timing and your heart is impatient? Because God's ways are always loving. They're always good. He's always gracious and always forgiving. And at just the right time, God gave us the birth of His Son, our Savior, the baby in the manger, who takes away the sins of the world, who forgives us, who cleanses us, who makes us new, starting now and going on for forever. Forever. Jesus. Let's stand and praise His name. Jesus.
God, great is your faithfulness indeed. Even when we don't see it, even when we don't feel it, you are faithful, God, and you will never fail us. God, this week as we go from this building, be your church in the world, help us to remember that you will never fail us. Help us to live out that you have promised that you will never, ever, ever fail us. God, you are good. Always and forever. Help us to be your people in this world. Doing what you called us to do. And to trust in you, especially in those moments where it's really, really, really hard sometimes. You are still faithful. And we are still your faithful servants for all eternity. Troy View Church, thank God most of all for who? Jesus. In his name, everybody said. Amen. Amen.